Hi, I'm Simon Hill, and you're watching Purebred Reds, Adelaide United Fan TV. Hi, I'm Daniel Mullen, former Adelaide United player and Asian Champions League winner with Western Sydney Wanderers. When it comes to any of my soccer needs, I do my shopping here at Soccer Locker. An Australian owned and operated business, the store is located at Shop 5 of 181 to 183 Grange Road, Finden. Founded in 2017, Soccer Locker was introduced into the market to fulfil all the soccer related needs of Australians, providing a huge range of quality clothing and equipment ranging from soccer balls, team kits, goalkeeper gear, accessories and much more. Recently arrived stock also includes stunning retro kits from some of our favourite past eras as fans of the world game. Soccer Locker is a specialist in Premier Range Boots, Adidas and Puma, goalkeeper gear and licensed merchandise. Visit us online at www.soccerlocker.com.au with free delivery Australia wide. So get shopping now at our Finan store, open from 10am to 5.30pm from Monday to Friday and open Saturdays from 9am to 3pm. G'day guys and welcome to the Pure Red Reds Adelaide United Fan TV. I'm your host Ellis Gellios coming to you today as we play Sydney FC at Leichhardt Oval in Sydney and I'm joined by a regular contributor on Pure Red Reds and becoming quickly known as uh, probably the biggest super fan of Adelaide United going around. I'd like to welcome Chris Adams back to the show. Chris, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Really good. Uh, enjoying this fine morning in the backyard once again. Uh, yeah, I'm just very happy to be back on and uh, excited for the game. And we're happy to have you back on. I just want to quickly discuss the result against MacArthur on Wednesday nights at Cooper's Stadium. We were both there. A very good performance by the team and a great result too. Uh, what did you make of it overall? Yeah, you know what? That was a really, really fantastic result. Um, I think it's... I was not expecting it, but I was thinking it's capable. It's possible that because we're playing midweek and we'd only just played on, on Saturday night, we could see probably a bit of a down performance. And uh, I suppose that's the same case today, given that we're, we're sort of cramming in fixtures. But um, MacArthur are a good team. And we know how we played last time. And we didn't get a very good result. But I didn't feel at all during that whole game that we were in trouble whatsoever. I know we conceded one. It was 1-1 for a period of time. But the chances we were making uh, and ultimately the way that we held possession, we held possession in, in key areas. And I felt like when MacArthur were on the ball, they didn't really challenge us. So really fantastic result in a very peculiar game. But ultimately, great three points to get. For sure. So we do play Sydney FC today. It's a 3.35 kickoff at Leichhardt Oval in Sydney, of course. As always, if you can't, uh, well, if you're not travelling, make sure you watch on Fox Sports or the KO Sports app. Chris, uh, I just want to quickly touch on a few other things. Firstly, the Moles Balls concept uh, and the kit for that matter. Uh, you enjoyed it? Yeah, I loved it. Um, I think it was... See, I'm not entirely sure. I think it was to do with the anniversary of the Rundle Mall or the Mall's Balls or something like that. Um, I think it was a really great, really nice kit. Um, I, I, I like the sort of simplistic designs and that was that was it. It was a beautiful sort of red and white or red and sort of very light grey shirt with a nice red Mall's Balls on it. And it was a, it was a smash hit league-wide. It went, um, I think they sold every single every single jersey on, on match day. And... Uh, I'll remember that game against MacArthur for all the novelty events attached to it. They had the cat and, uh, and um, you yeah, know, I met Ben Halloran scoring a goal. 
everything like that, you know. So it was a really fantastic jersey and um, I've got mine. So it's going to be one that we're going to look back on in many years' time. We think, oh, I remember that running more kit and I remember the game as well. But yeah, it was very funny. Yeah, you'll be telling your kids about it because uh, it's a historic game. It's the first time MacArthur came here in their history. And uh, it was great to win. Sydney FC, our opponents today, Chris. Uh, the last time I had you on the show, we discussed Sydney. It was the week after we beat them here. Here we are again finding ourselves talking about a game against Sydney FC. And it's been a reoccurring theme across the whole A-League this season. We've had so many of these occasions where... We're suddenly playing a team that we played only two or three weeks ago. Um, I'd like to point out Melbourne City and the fact that, you know, obviously uh, they don't schedule these games with, uh, you know, keeping in mind what the most appetising fixture is going to be on a week-to-week basis. But we haven't played Melbourne City in, in, I think, months. I can't remember the last time we played them. It might have even been um, on the opening game here in Adelaide. Uh, And yet... Here we are not playing a team like Melbourne City, playing Sydney FC again some two or three weeks after we played them uh, last time out. Are these fixture logs becoming a little bit monotonous, do you think? Uh, Look, the way I see it is that if the league has to do it, I know we've had border closures and that's why it's happened. It's sort of that floating fixture thing that I know the AFL are doing as well. Something very similar where not every date is set in stone. I know because we started the... we started. Um, you know, last year releasing the fixtures and every game was set in stone. And as soon as one COVID cluster happened in Victoria and then one COVID cluster happened in New South Wales, all of a sudden it throws everything into doubt. So they've scheduled it in a way that they think will get the league over and done with. And uh, well, not over and done with, I shouldn't say it like that. It's a negative way, but to get the league completed. And so if it, if it occurs like this, then so be it. Um, I know we only played Sydney about three weeks ago. And yeah, you're right. We played Melbourne City only in round two. And now we're more than midway through the season. In a way, I'm sort of happy that we're not playing Melbourne City right now because they're in such a, such a great vein of form. So <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking, yeah, we could be dodging a bullet. It could work in our favour if they sort of are hit with a couple of injuries or, or form drop towards the end of the season when we play them next because we're not going to play them for maybe another few weeks, at least a month. So Yeah, it's about a month. It, it, it could work in our favour, but it's, it's a very weird one. Um, and I don't think you know, in three or four years' time, when things are hopefully back to normal, we're going to look back at this and think, wow, look at the, look at the fixtures there. Because we, we had Newcastle and it was the exact same scenario where we played Newcastle at home. And then I think it was two weeks later, we played them away. But uh, if this is a way to, this is a way for football to go forward at the moment and proceed, then I, I really have no issues with it. So be it. We're just going to have to deal with that as fans. Well answered. Uh, now, I want to quickly touch on Louis Dorigo. Uh, he, he's now available again today after missing Wednesday night. But the midfield against MacArthur were very impressive, the midfield three. Um, be hard to drop one of them with Dorigo now available again. And should Carl Viet tinker with a team that was so good only a few, a few days ago, uh, do you think he, he puts Louis straight in or not? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I think that's actually on the minds of everybody at the moment. I can see two two possible viewpoints. I know Carl has said said yesterday um, that he's got a big decision to make on his hands, whether he drops, I think it would be Coletti, or, uh, or, or, or goes with the Arrigo. And the way I see it is now the squad's played three games in eight days, counting today. Dorigo had his little rest. He didn't play 
obviously due to suspension on, on Wednesday night. So now the squad's going to be a little wary. Uh, legs are going to be a little bit, little bit sore. So maybe I think you should put Diarigo in because he's that's, that's a, an injection of energy um, and he'll be fresh from last week. Yeah, then obviously there is that sort of our midfield was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Coletti had a fantastic game. Juan Day had a fantastic game, and and Mork is always you know going to have that starting position. So yeah, I see there's a dilemma. Personally, I'd start I'd start Diego because he was that was the starting midfield for for many weeks before he he got suspended. So I think that you got to revert back to that. Now we we need we need the fresh legs. Uh, especially against Sydney, who are, are going to run, they're going to work the ball. We could really use Dorigo's defensive qualities, and um, and also his game has really matured this season, and he's turned into a more complete midfielder uh, in transitional playing going forward. So, Dorigo is a start for me. I'd almost consider uh, putting him in for one day because Coletti probably had his best game for us, in my opinion, on Wednesday night, just gone, and one day, thirty-five-year-old suddenly getting a lot of run into those legs, like you mentioned, three games in a week. Um, so that's one to really tinker over for Carl, but uh, I guess he'll he'll go with his strongest 11 or whatever he used to be his strongest 11. And we'll wait and see what that team is with uh, plenty of anticipation. I want to now talk to you about Joe Gauchi, who against Sydney FC at home last time out, had his most his first of of uh, some heroic displays that we've seen since where uh, against Sydney FC, he he was just amazing. And everyone knows that that uh, was the springboard for him to then uh, go into the Mariners game the following week and save those two penalties in such a phenomenal way. Um, how, how do you think he's come along since that Sydney game back uh, a month or so ago now? Because um, here he is looking like uh, the firm number one at the moment, at least. Uh, James Delianov still injured. Do you think that uh, Delianov will really have his work cut out when it comes to getting himself back in the starting level when he's fit again? Yeah, well, I think that young goalkeepers, Eddie play in his game time, especially young goalkeepers, they need to play to, to progress in their game. Um, Gauchi made a couple of sort of, not silly mistakes, but you'd, you'd expect that with his inexperience when he, when he first came into the team. And more games have been coming. He's understood his role. He's understood what's required of him a bit more. Um, just the little things. They've been improving in his game every week. You know, he goes to collect the ball, goes to catch it out of the air, blah, blah, blah. He looks really solid. And I think that that can only come and he can, he can only get better with that if he plays. Um, it's a little upsetting because, you know, for Delianov, he was phenomenal having a great season and then he got injured and I know Delianov's actually back in training now but I think the plan is to have him play in the in the MPL give him some games locally so he can he can get that that confidence back get himself back into the into the groove because he had a very bad hamstring tendon issue and it's not a normal hamstring injury hamstring tendon so it was quite a bad one for him to have uh but Obviously, once he gets back into full fitness, once he gets his, his touch on the ball, his experience back, I suppose, then um, we got a real, not dilemma, but we got a real good situation to have when we're going to have two really top goalkeepers fighting for that position. But Gauchi, my advice for him is everybody will say, keep doing the same thing. If he, if he starts to try new things, starts to try and be not silly, but adventurous, then all of a sudden, you know, he might find himself on the bench. 
I don't think that's going to be the case with him. I think that he's just needs to if he keeps doing what he's doing right now, that that spot should be his for the um, for the rest of the season. Absolutely, it should. And I'm just going to let everyone in on a little secret regarding Joe Gauchi. His name is actually pronounced Gorsi. Uh, so there you go, folks. No one has come out with that one yet. But uh, his name is not actually pronounced Gauchi. It's Gorsi. So we'll see how long it takes the mainstream media to pick on, uh, pick up on that one. Uh, moving forward, Chris, uh, we beat them last time out. It was their only loss, Sydney FC, in eight games. Everyone was talking about whether they've lost their mojo for good when we last beat them at Cooper Stadium. Uh, it's since really gone on to sort of really kick them into gear. Uh, like I said, they're only the one loss in eight games that we inflicted on them. Have they really flown under the radar this season? Because I feel like before Bobo came in, uh, Barbarossa struggling to score goals, a lot being made about the fact that they haven't adequately replaced Adam LaFondra. Yet here we are now talking about a Sydney FC that is looking is starting to look very scary as they come into finals contention uh, with the season now in the final stretch. Uh, have we really underestimated Sydney in the last few weeks and are they potentially still the real deal behind potentially the Mariners and, and Melbourne City? They say that the great teams, you know, when facing adversity, they, they always respond in, in a certain way. And Sydney FC have been undoubtedly the best season, best team in the, in the last three or four seasons in the A-League. And um, yeah, they went through a tough patch and now all of a sudden they've, they've kicked on and they look really good. Um, they played a really great game against Melbourne City last week and I watched only the first half of that. Had to get the Highmarsh Rao game, but it was played at a phenomenal pace, uh, a pace that's not very regularly seen in the A-League. And uh, that just goes to show that show their, their quality where they were almost going to get a win against Melbourne City. Um, it was like a 98th minute penalty that cancelled it out. But yeah, they've, they've really come back into form. And I said this, you know, privately before we played Sydney FC, you know, their quality, it takes one of their players to, to just pop out and score a couple. And we know they can all do it because it was in, in, in early 2020 when we played in Verbeek under Verbeek, it was Palo Retro of all people who scored two. And that says it all when your midfielders who aren't even renowned for scoring goals can all of a sudden pop up and, and be a game winner. I think they have a team full of game winners and I will always look at Sydney and think they're a fantastic team and uh, they, they have never, there's never a time we're playing them that I've felt comfortable because I think that they're just such a fantastic team and uh, every single player on their day can absolutely do the job. So yeah, really tough game, but there's, there's no point looking at them and thinking, yeah, they're, they're a wounded beast or whatever, because, you know, beware the wounded beast. Um, we know their quality. Look, look, look at the squad they have. I know Bobo is, is you know, mid-30s and hasn't been scoring goals here and there, but now all of a sudden he's getting a goal. He's got one or two goals every, every few games recently and, and he's scoring again. Um, I've got a couple, I think they've got one or two suspensions, maybe a couple of injuries, but they have such depth. It doesn't really matter. I, I just always look at Sydney and I think they're, they're just such a class team. So, yeah, very. Um, uh, I can never relax when it's Sydney. Yeah, I very much agree with all of that. Uh, they are a formidable outfit. And even at times when we've gone one or two up and looking comfortable, the game can change so quickly. It always seems to against Sydney FC. But we'll move on. 
Um, now, I want to talk about Ryan McGowan, South Australian-born, ex-Socceroo, not that long ago, in fact. Uh, he's been uh, probably the, the centre point of Sydney's defence for the best part of their championship era. Uh, like I mentioned, he's South Australian-born. Interestingly, though, he comes off contract in June of this year. Now, we know that when it comes to our track record with recruiting Australian-based players, especially the ones that have a high pedigree in the A-League, uh, it helps a lot when they're South Australians. Uh, do we go for Ryan McGowan next season with Yako getting on and all kinds of uh, uncertainties surrounding Jordan Elsey and whether he'll even sign a new deal for us going into next season? Yeah, well, it's just depending on a lot of things, isn't it? Yeah, Miguel, we know it was quality, South Australian. His brother, Dylan, is probably my all-time, one of my all-time favourite Adelaide United defenders. His, his reputation proceeds when it comes to Ryan McGowan. But it, it's just down to the salary cap. It's down to who we retain, who leaves, what our plans are. You know, if we're looking at, if we're looking at a, a possible sort of situation where it's, if, we, if say, say Goodwin comes available to us, and we could keep him, you know, for the next one or two seasons. If we're looking at a scenario of Goodwin versus McGowan, I'm going to say Goodwin every day of the week. I know that McGowan is really, really good, and he has a fantastic reputation at, at, at Sydney FC, but he has to have sort of stars aligned. The circumstances have to exactly match what we're looking for, and I don't see it happening, honestly. I'd take him. I don't, I don't see it happening because we have there are different priorities at the moment. And I think that our priorities for next season don't quite match what is required to, to bring Ryan McGowan to Adelaide. And this is just me speaking as a fan. You know, um, I, I have no idea what's going to be, what could potentially happen. But ultimately, I, I just, I don't think it could happen. I don't see it happening. You covered your tracks well there, mate, because I was about to say, look at him sporting that official club jacket and perhaps read between the lines, folks. But uh, I won't stitch you up too much there, mate. Um, now, your favourite Sydney FC memory of all time. There's been so many epic battles between these two sides. I'm actually going to go with a bit of an obscure one. We beat them 2-0 at Adelaide Oval back in the 2010-11 season. It was a great game, a great result, a great atmosphere, and it was the last time we played at the old Adelaide Oval before it was redeveloped. Uh, that's my favourite memory. What's yours? Oh, mate. Uh, there, there are a lot of them. <laughs> um, well, rattle off your best three then if you can't narrow it down all to right, one. My, my, my best three, okay. Probably one of, the, one of the first Sydney FC game I went to that I remember. It's in 2012 New Year's Eve. Uh, Dario Vidasic scored two goals. And um, Vidasic is one of my favourite players. Uh, and I really love that game. That's a really great memory for me. Uh, championship season, Karuska scoring, Jago scoring a, a famous volley, which was slight deflection, but I didn't see it live. And you can't really see it on the replay. So we're not going to talk I, about I knew this deflection. one was coming. And, uh, and then Karuska scoring the top corner penalty to win it at the death, 95th minute. That was just a fantastic game. That was what kicked off our, our 14 game undefeated streak. But, and then, yeah, this, this will be my favourite. Uh, obviously, our FFA Cup win against them. Two, the, probably the two greatest goals I've ever seen live from Craig. And I was speaking to somebody about this recently who, who described it as the, the two single greatest goals I've ever seen. 
And to be honest, I, I agree um, that FA Cup final 2018, Craig Goodwin unleashing. That's, that's my, probably my favourite memory. But yeah, there are certainly a fair few many. We can only hope the good memories continue to come when it regards Adelaide United and Sydney FC later this afternoon. Before we go, I need a prediction out of you, Chris. Oh, mate, I hate predictions. Um, I went for a draw with the Mariners last time. We lost. I'm going to go for a, uh, I'm going to go for a draw again because I'm a real fence sitter. I think that we could really cancel each other out because it was a very much. I was very much the case last time we played them. We really cancelled each other out. Nobody had the chance to play their football the way they want to. So yeah, I'm. I'm I think a draw would be a great result. The way the league is at the moment, um, every everything's so close. One one point. And, you know, we get closer to the Mariners. Obviously, a win, we go top. So, that'll be great. But I think uh, everybody should be looking at a draw as a great result in, in when the stakes are this high. Well, there's a lovely ray of sunshine that's uh, just developed behind you, Chris. We can only hope that uh, the big man in the sky is looking down on our Reds in Sydney in the same picturesque way as the backdrop that we've now got behind you there. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the game today, and we will speak to you again very soon, my man. Thank you very much. It's uh, always a pleasure to be called up to preview on Pure Red Reds Adelaide United Fan TV. Thank you for having me, and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the game this afternoon. You're a real impact sub, mate. You enjoy watching it today, and uh, to all our viewers and listeners, enjoy the game, and thanks for joining us, and we'll be back with you again very soon. Thanks a lot, guys. All the best.